In this bulletin, Canadian and Australian First Nations organizations strike a historic deal on collaboration and solidarity. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese criticized for not revealing Chinese naval incident before APEC summit. And Yemen's Houthi rebels sees what they say is an Israeli ship amid regional escalation fears. Indigenous-led organizations in Canada and Australia have made an historic agreement aimed at improving economic outcomes for First Nations peoples in the two countries. A memorandum of understanding has been signed between key Canadian First Nations financial institutions and Australian Indigenous-led organizations, including the Australian National University's First Nations portfolio and the National Native Title Council. The groups say they have a common history of discrimination and economic exclusion, and the agreement aims to confront and address those barriers. National Native Title Council Chief Executive Jamie Law says one example of a project the agreement could help is electricity sales from an Aboriginal-owned and operated solar farm in Victoria, which will help finance crucial services for the local community. We want financial and um, economic independence and self-determination within Australia. They're well advanced over here um, in Canada, so we're trying to learn of their experiences, bring some of our experiences to them and, you know, collaborate on creating a better future for our people. A bilingual story of healing and belonging has won a prestigious literary prize, literacy prize. Open Your Heart to Country by Indigenous primary school teacher Jasmine Semo has won the children's literacy, literature category at the Prime Minister Literacy Awards held in Canberra. The book was recognised for both its beautiful illustrations and moving story written in both English and the Darug language of the Sydney Basin. Ms. Amo says it's important to promote Indigenous storytelling. So important for, um, you know, to hear our voices in our languages. You know, for, for a long time there we weren't seeing any stories uh, written in Aboriginal languages and they're becoming more and more common. And we want to see more all over Australia in everyone's languages. Prime Minister Antoine Albanese is facing criticism for not revealing details of an attack on Australian personnel by the Chinese Navy until after he met President Xi Jinping at the APEC summit. Former Prime Minister and current U.S. Ambassador Kevin Rudd has defended Mr. Albanese's conduct against criticism from the opposition and crossbenchers. He says Defence Minister Richard Miles had made Australia's objections absolutely clear to Chinese authorities. Mr. Rudd has told ABC Radio the nature of any conversations between the Prime Minister and world leaders is confidential, which he says is a long-standing practice of both Liberal and Labour governments. Independent Senator Jackie Lambie has told Sky News the incident which saw Australian Navy divers injured by sonar pulses should have been raised at the summit. You can't sit there and pretend you're going to be nice on trade while this is going on with our own Navy people um, that could have brought more harm to them and without raising this. This is just ridiculous. What what happened to the friendship and, and the trust that we were building and all the rest? Um, but more importantly, simple, come out this morning, come and answer some questions. Tell Australians what's going on. Keeping this in the dark is not helpful. 
Emergency legislation rushed through Parliament to apply more strict visa conditions on 93 people released from immigration detention could face a legal challenge. Constitutional expert George Williams says legislation passed last week requiring ankle monitors and imposing imprisonment for those in breach of tight reporting requirements may be outside the scope of the government's powers. The federal government has again defended its decision not to legislate sooner before a high court decision, which led to the release of the migrants, some of whom have been convicted of serious crimes including rape and murder. National Senator Barnaby Joyce has told Channel 7 the legislation, which passed with bipartisan support after amendments by the opposition, should have been made before the High Court's decision. I mean, all those amendments that you just talked about are Peter Dutton's amendments. What on earth is going on? They've got a six-month warning about this. Six months ago, they started saying, well, mate, you're on shaky ground. Well, the shaky ground just opened up. A new cyber health check program is being set up for small businesses, which allows them to undertake a free assessment of their security measures. The Albanese government has announced it will spend $7.2 million to offer the voluntary program as part of its Australian cyber security strategy for 2023 to 2030. This comes after concerns about national cyber security following an Optus outage which saw millions of small businesses and customers unable to access the internet and make calls and a cyber attack which saw Australia's largest ports operator shut down its operations. Minister for Small Business Julie Collins says the program is about helping businesses who understand the risk to their data but do not know how to keep it safe. There's around 94,000 cyber attacks a year and the average cost for small businesses is around $46,000 for each attack. This is about making small businesses more resilient. Mm -hmm. It's about also protecting consumers whose data they hold. Yemen's Houthi rebels say they have seized an Israeli ship in the southern Red Sea, raising fears regional tensions over the Israel-Hamas war are playing out on a new front. The office of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says an unnamed ship, since identified, identified as the Galaxy leader, a vehicle carrier affiliated with an Israeli billionaire, had been seized, but insists it has no Israeli connections or Israeli crew on board. A U.S. defense official has confirmed the seizure, which comes after U.S. warships twice intercepted missiles or drones believed to be targeting Israeli or American vessels and says the situation is being closely monitored. Houthi military spokesman Yahya Saria says the group will continue to target Israeli ships until the end of Israel's campaigns in occupied Palestinian territories. Our armed forces confirm the continuation of carrying out military operations against the Israeli enemy until the aggression on the Gaza Strip stops and the ongoing heinous crimes against our Palestinian brothers in Gaza and the West Bank cease. The Iran-backed group says it has taken the crew as hostages after taking the ship to a Yemeni port. Gaza's Al-Shifa hospital has been described by the World Health Organization as a death zone after WHO-led UN team says they saw a mass graveyard at the hospital's entrance. The World Health Organization has repeated its calls for a ceasefire and says options for medical care in Gaza are dwindling.
The WHO visit was coordinated with the Israeli military as fighting continues close by to the hospital. Minister of Health for the Palestinian Authority, Mai Al-Qaila, says there are not enough beds for the wounded in Gaza. Of the 35 hospitals that stopped in the Gaza Strip, 26 stopped completely and went out of service and were unable to provide their services to the wounded, either because they were directly targeted by the occupation or because they ran out of fuel and lost electricity. As the conflict enters week seven, authorities in the Hamas-ruled Gaza Strip have raised their death toll to 12,300, including 5,000 children. Israel has tentatively agreed to a five-day pause on fighting in Gaza, but Prime Minister Netanyahu says nothing is confirmed. Argentinian voters have elected libertarian outsider Javier Milei as their new president in a tight runoff amid electorate anger at triple-digit inflation and rising poverty. Centre-left candidate and economy minister Sergio Massa has considered the election after a candidacy hampered by the country's worst economic crisis in two decades while he has been in the role. Back home, one in three Australians have had their passwords stolen, but almost as many are still using the same details across multiple accounts. Research by Google Australia and YouGov has surveyed more than 1,500 Australian adults about their online security and found 36% experienced a password hack and 34% were using the same or similar passwords across multiple accounts. This comes after the Australian Signals Directorate revealed cybercrime reports had soared by 23% over the past year, with the organisation now fielding an online crime report every six minutes on average. And to sport, the Pacific Games in the Solomon Islands have begun showcasing the best athletes from across the Pacific Islands as they compete in 24 sports. Ryan Tiak is competing in archery and will lead the Australian team as flag bearer at the Games as one of dozens of Australian athletes taking part. In total, more than 5,000 competitors and officials from 24 Pacific nations will come together in the capital Honiara over the next fortnight. Mr. Tiak has told SBS the Games are an exciting opportunity to qualify for the Paris Olympic Games. So Australia is competing for the first time in the Pacific Games because this is our opportunity to get quota spots for Paris 24 and hopefully on Wednesday we'll be able to achieve that. We, we've got to be able to win the whole event and then we'll be able to qualify one man and one woman. It, it feels amazing to be the flag bearer, just the, to, to know that in the AOC that every sport matters is kind of what that message says to me and, and it doesn't matter what your background or what experience you have that Everyone can can recognise achievement no matter what sport or walk of life you come from. And having a look at the weather around the country, Brome, sunny 35, Perth, sunny 33, Adelaide, partly cloudy 25, Melbourne, cloudy 22, Hobart, partly cloudy 20, Albury, Wodonga, mostly cloudy 29, Canberra, rain developing 26, Wollongong, partly cloudy 24, Sydney, becoming cloudy 26, Newcastle, Newcastle, possible shower at the top of 26. Brisbane, rain 25. Townsville, partly cloudy 31. Cairns, possible late shower 32. Alice Springs, sunny 31. Darwin, mostly sunny 35. And the Torres Strait Islands, a sunny day ahead at the top of 33 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. 